0: We've all heard that tired old saying, you got to walk before you can run, right? And for impatient people like me who don't like a slow grind to progress – that can be frustrating. But maybe this Kings season, the struggles of this season, the ups and downs, the inconsistencies, it's what the Sacramento Kings need to go through for Monty McNair and the Kings front office to make the necessary decisions to get this Kings team into that championship contender window. Allen Styles has a very interesting way of putting it. It's the cocoon before the butterfly. He explains that, plus we talk the goals for the Kings for the remainder of this season right here on the Locked on Kings podcast. You are Locked on Kings, your daily Sacramento Kings podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: And now, ladies and gentlemen, it is that time.
0: Time for another episode
1: of Locked on Kings.
0: Hello and welcome to Locked on Kings, your podcast hub for Sacramento Kings coverage all season long. My name is Matt George. I have the privilege of being your host here. I'm a Sacramento sports anchor and reporter for ABC 10 News, formerly an employee of Sactown Sports 1140 radio here in Sacramento. Of course, the flagship radio station of the Sacramento Kings. Now, I did not work there when my guest and friend Alan Stiles work there. Alan is relatively new. He's one of the hosts of Styles and Watkins from 10 to 2 o'clock, the midday show there at 1140. Uh, highly recommend you check out that show, listen to that show. Chris Watkins has been a friend of mine for many, many, many years. Alan Styles came from the Bay Area here to uh, Sacramento recently, has been there uh, for a little while now, hosts an excellent show over there. And I've really enjoyed getting to know Alan, especially over the course of this Kings season. And now this is the second time that I'll have him on the Lockdown Kings podcast, but I wanted to bring him in. Because he has kind of a fresh and in and, and many ways refreshing, I think, uh, outlook or or viewpoint of where this Kings team is at versus where they have to go without too many strings attached like you might get from me or other Kings media members who have been here and been invested for a while in, in certain players or the Kings situation. Uh, so Alan is it, a great guest here. I really hope you enjoyed this conversation. We want to hear from you as well. What do you think the story of the Kings season has been to this point? And what do you think the Kings' main goal should be from here on out for the remainder of the season? Let us know. You can hit me up in the comment section down below if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, if you want to uh, hit us up on Twitter, you can reach me on Twitter at MattGeorgeSack, or you can email me at any time, Sports at gmail.com. But for now, please enjoy my conversation with Alan Styles. Another all-star weekend come and gone. This one not featuring any Kings other than Keegan Murray in the Rising Stars Challenge. And I don't think De'Aaron Fox and DeMonta Sabonis minded too much not being out in that freezing uh, Indianapolis snowy atmosphere. I don't know. Alan Stiles from uh, from Sactown Sports 1140 uh, joining me from Stiles and Watkins in the middays. Alan, I, I don't know what you thought of like the LED courts or anything like yeah. that. It just felt like in classic all-star weekend fashion the NBA tried to do a lot while actually giving mm-hmm. us very very little uh, yeah. I'm glad the distraction is over let's get back to actual NBA basketball
1: and that's how I feel too Matt thanks for having me on yeah I, I get why people complain about the all-star game but I said this you know even when the game was going on to me you have 82 games of high-level basketball and then you have the playoffs I don't need to watch them I, or maybe I've just Accepted the fact that it's probably not going back to where it was. And even back in the day when guys were playing hard, it's different now, man. And even the money is a little bit different or a lot bit different and people don't want to get injured. I get all that. I I don't really understand the complaining. We know what it is. If you don't like it, you don't have to watch. They're taking it as a break. Maybe one day they don't. I'm not really on the bandwagon of paying them more. I don't know if that's a great look. A lot of these guys already have incentives when they make the all-star team so I don't think you need to pay them once they get there but yeah I'm glad it's over and we can do this push I know a lot of NBA players say it's not the second half it's really the last third so I've been trying to not say second half even though it's much easier uh but I'm excited to see what happens with the Kings
0: The best thing we saw from this weekend though was Steph versus Sabrina I do hope yeah. that Around, I think in, in incorporating the WNBA and their shooters, like the three-point contest in the modern NBA, should already be the main event. The dunk contest just isn't what it, is, it was once was, and we've mm-hmm. seen it all before. But Steph versus Sabrina was pretty dope, and I, I hope that sticks around. Just get Kenny off of the call. Just Yeah, throw more, throw more yeah, Kenny on the call.
1: it was a rough day, and and Shaq said some things too during the during the All Star game. But yeah, besides the the co- the comments and things like that, I thought it was a great look for the league. You know, Steph is somebody who isn't afraid and loves to be a showman. I know people in Sacramento know that very well. So I think it was great. And I hope they continue to do it and really just continue to just mix everything up. If you're going to have dunkers from the G league, and if you're going to have G league players, even in the rising stars and things like that, just open the whole thing up, just open the whole thing up and just make the whole thing a spectacle. But yeah, it was
0: must see TV as soon as Steph and Sabrina got it going. All right. So last season, the story for the Sacramento Kings was pretty cut and dry. It's the, the the return of the playoffs, the dawn of the beam, the reemergence of the Sacramento Kings that carried through the entire season. In your mind, Alan, up to this point, what has been the story of the Kings season in your mind?
1: Well, it's been the West is a lot better, right? And the Kings have been consistently inconsistent, right? As soon as you want to say, Hey, maybe they're heading in the right direction, maybe they're gonna turn a corner, maybe this is going to be the quote unquote run. They've had many versions of that, but even when they've gotten to that point where they've won a couple games, we've waited for okay, I I, I would I would go back to that Cavs game. That Cavs game, after they had a great road trip, beat some teams that they they. They were supposed to beat that Cavs game could have been a game to where it's, Oh, wow, they're really rolling now. And instead they got rolled. Mm -hmm. We leave saying, okay, they went five and two, whatever it was on the road trip really good. But that's the level of exactly where they are. The difference between the top four teams and the bottom four teams in the West teams that are able to win those types of games and teams that just basically beat the teams that you're supposed to with a couple other good wind sprinkled in and that's who the Kings have been.
0: To me, those two, I agree with you completely, except there's a very big difference between those two that I want to get into. One is what the Kings can control versus what Mm -hmm. the Kings can't control. The Kings can't control how the West is going. The West is just absurd this year. The reality is, win percentage-wise, win pace, the Kings are on a very similar pace now to when they were last season when they won the third seed and we were all celebrating. So there's a very good chance the Kings could end up with the exact same, what is it, 48 wins, and it'll be a play in spot or barely into the playoffs versus an actual third seed. But the controlling what you can control, the inconsistency, that's been something that Mike Brown has talked a lot about over these past two years. So that's kind of what I want to hyper-focus on more. Because I feel like, Alan, if the West were the same this year as it was last year, if the Kings were still on the exact same win pace and they were sitting in the third or fourth spot right now instead of seventh or eighth, I still feel like despite that we would still be frustrated with the inconsistencies of this kings team and how mm-hmm. every time they've taken two steps forward they've taken one massive step back and when they have struggled it felt it felt more self-inflicted to mm-hmm. than what other teams are doing to them
1: yeah yeah and and i think the thing is even when you boil down okay move them up if it's last year same record the bottom line is this ultimately Did you think that they could win it all last year? Maybe you were more hopeful because you just didn't know, but I think that is what is giving everybody cause to pause. doesn't really matter where they end up. You know, when they play these elite teams in the East, they get blasted. There are a couple teams in the West that they really haven't been able to kind of hang with, right? We'll, We'll see. They have the Clippers coming up in, I think, two games. Can you ever beat the Clippers? Can you beat the Pelicans, as funny as it sounds? And to me when you look at everything that the Kings have done so far, yes, it's exciting, but at the end of the day, you want to know, can they take the next step? And if you look at all the teams that are in front of the Kings right now, how confident do you feel that they can be any of these teams in a, in a, in a playoff, you know, a playoff matchup. I think that I feel pretty good about, the thunder just because they're young and they've and they've played well against the thunder. I don't feel good against the Timberwolves. I don't feel good against the Clippers. I don't feel honestly at this point I don't feel that good against the Suns. Even though they had the Suns number early, that's already four teams and then you get into teams like the Mavericks who all right, which you probably wouldn't see in the first round anyway, but those top teams and I mean, look, I'll give them this They are undefeated against the Nuggets, so maybe that counts for something, but I think that's the issue. Regardless of whether they would be in the standings, you don't necessarily feel confident that they could get past the first round, maybe make some noise, get to the second, but it would probably end there.
0: Today's episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is brought to you by Grammarly. Now, you don't have to be an English major like I was to know that you spend a lot of time writing. Like in your your daily work life, how many emails – do you send? I mean, how many times do you have to like type up a report or something like that? Grammarly can help you in ways that you don't even understand it. You don't have to be a novel writer or be writing a bunch of college papers or anything to utilize this service. No matter what kind of work you do, how you communicate is key. Those emails, the reports, presentations, they're all equally important to the collaboration needed to get things done. And Grammarly can help you with that collaboration. Grammarly is your AI writing partner to help you communicate more effectively and efficiently so you can make a bigger impact at work. 96% of Grammarly users report that Grammarly helps them craft more impactful writing. It works across 500,000 different apps and websites. And by understanding your writing and your context, Grammarly provides relevant, personalized suggestions. It's more than just on Microsoft Word, them giving you kind of grammar suggestions or things based off of what it believes grammar to be. Grammarly is smarter than that. It reacts to your writing, it reacts to what you're kind of trying to say and the setting of which you are uh, writing. So save time with one click. Go from editing drafts in hours. Two seconds, ninety-three percent of professionals using Grammarly Premium report that it helps them get more work done. It's not just about making your writing sound pretty and professional; it's also about being more, uh, being more impactful, being more efficient, getting more done in a less amount of time. Make a bigger impact at work with Grammarly. Sign up and download for free at Grammarly.com/podcast. That's G-R-A-M-M-A-R-L-Y.com/podcast. Easier said, done. There's a very big difference between a rebuilding year and a building year. And that's what Mm -hmm. I thought this year would be was would be a building towards the ultimate Kings goal, which is developing into a a legitimate championship contender. And when you, you put it in that simple of a term or just try and think about that simply, I just don't think the Kings have really built much. They've made minor progress in certain areas defensively. We've seen. Keegan develop into a really good individual defender De'Aaron's taken another step in terms of scoring although inconsistent Mm -hmm. Sabonis is having the best season of his career so individually there's little areas where the Kings have grown and then statistically as a team they've gotten better defensively the offense has dropped off massively which is concerning considering how good it was last year but it doesn't feel like the Kings are really building anywhere and I wonder Maybe, Alan, if we're going to look back on this season this this summer or even next year and go, that's what this season is supposed to be about. It was taking kind of the, the flurry of greatness of the year before yeah. and trying to find out what was real and what was just kind of a flash in the pan and weeding out the building blocks for success versus the guys just, just, just aren't hanging it. And then making a decision from that point. I really wonder if this season, not that it's a lost season by any means, the Kings Mm -hmm. are still trying to compete this year, but I wonder if this year needs to happen for the Kings to find out which guys they actually need to roll with going forward and which ones they need to get rid of.
1: Yeah, I've been referring to really more specifically Keegan season as the cocoon season, right? You get the caterpillar, you get into the cocoon, then you become the butterfly. This has been Mm -hmm. the cocoon season, I've said, specifically for Keegan Murray, but honestly, that's just a microcosm of this whole team. You know, it kind of went in a different order to where they showed up on the scene last season and played well. Wow, what could this be? Now, like you said, they're taking a step back in a way, but is this the cocoon season? If that was the caterpillar, this is the cocoon for next season to be that butterfly. And it is a microcosm of, you know, just what we've seen. And Keegan Murray specifically, I think, is a big part of that because. I started saying that about Keegan, and Keegan's probably the most important piece to all this. I said some stuff, look, I don't know, Matt, if it was just me looking for content before the all-star break, but I said, right now, going into the offseason, depending on how this thing ends, You got one untouchable, maybe two untouchables on this team. If this thing doesn't end the way that a lot of people would hope, and that's get to a second round, if it's get to a second round, then you have to retool, right? Then you can retool. If you get into the play-in and don't make it into the playoffs, or even if you lose first round, now you're talking rebuild. And I know Kings fans are probably going to get on me for this Keegan thing. Honestly, it's just it's not a matter of wanting to move him it's just a matter of I don't think you can say that you can't move him depending on how this ends depending on how this ends everybody's hoping for the the Kawhi Leonard type jump in 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 season three very similar to Scottie Barnes maybe you get it but how this season ends is really going to dictate what you do next if you if you have to give him one more season sure right but I do think that If something comes along that makes sense, you have to think about it.
0: If Keegan were back to the three-point shooting numbers last season, but the defense wasn't as good as it's been this year, do you think you and and, and others would be feeling better about Keegan from this point? And I, 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 I... kind of as a example for the entire Kings team where the defense mm-hmm. has gotten slightly better, but the offense has gotten worse. Mike right. Brown says he doesn't want to be the offensive team that makes it to the playoffs every year and then flames out in the playoffs. And he in- indirectly is calling out like Mike D'Antoni teams essentially right. in that case. So, but I, I love Keegan's development into a defender but if Keegan's knocking down threes at the rate that he's shooting 20% this month, he shot like 25% back in Mm -hmm. November. If that carries into the playoffs, this Kings team's in trouble, regardless of how good they're playing on the defensive end.
1: And that's why I think it matters so much how this season ends. Like I said, if it's the cocoon season, you can't trade him. And then he becomes, I'm not, I'm not going to go there, but you know, Indiana, you see, you don't want the butterfly Mm -hmm. to happen somewhere else. And I think that because of Tyrese Halliburton is a big reason why the Kings honestly can't move Keegan Murray. A lot of people don't think it's connected. I think perception matters. And I Mm -hmm. don't think that Keegan can get moved simply because of what's going on there. And you just hope that he ends up figuring it out to your point. You know, the defense has gotten better and we've seen things, you know, slip up. I think offensively, he's a bit confused. Mm. I Sometimes he doesn't take jump shots and he almost feels like he's forcing himself to get to the lane, which I think is good sometimes. But how about Keegan taking shots off the dribble? How about Keegan taking more contested shots? I know that in this flow offense, most of the open shots or most of the shots do end up being open, but it feels like it's either an open three or Keegan's pump faking and trying to get to the cup. And they just skipped over. Hey, how about a quicker release? How about contested jays? How about off the dribble jays? It just feels like they skipped that chapter. Maybe they'll go back next season. So, so we'll see, but it's not just all about Keegan. It's just, Keegan is just such a perfect example of what this team is. And he was so important to what they did last season, but this is not about Keegan by himself at all.
0: Well, you said there, Keegan appears confused at times, and that's something you could say for multiple players. I think Kevin Herter absolutely has looked confused Uh at times this season. Harrison Barnes has been just as confusing as he has probably been confused this season. Is that to you more on the players who are not able to keep up with Mike Brown, who's a proven Uh winning coach, what he believes needs to be done? These players aren't able to keep up, so it's on them? Or is that also kind of on Mike Brown for, hey, you've got these players here that you had something last year. The roster's the same. I know you're trying to make changes, but these guys are being left in the dust a little bit. Now you're not uh-huh. utilizing the talent on your roster.
1: Yeah, I think it depends on which player you're talking about. I think that Malik has flourished. I think mm-hmm. that sometimes there can be a little bit too much Malik going on towards the end mm-hmm. of games. But I think Malik has flourished. To, to The point about Kevin Herter, I would put Harrison Barnes in a different category because we know what harrison is he's going to make you scratch your head some games but you know, that that's the ship that the this the the kings are just gonna hang on to. Kevin Herter for me, I can't really put that blame on Mike Brown. If anything, I blame Mike Brown for playing him too much. Mm-hmm. Kevin Herter, I just am not quite sure if we're gonna look at Kevin Herter in three years and he's still a starter. And I might end up like you, Matt, on freezing cold takes if they get a hold of this this tape. But I just have no clue. I mean, if you look, everybody needs a shooter, but it's a difference between having a shooter on your team, and being a starter. And Kevin Herter is, I think, 25 or 26 years old. We don't know who he is as a player, and there's no reason just based on, if you look at the numbers, this is his worst shooting year, and last season was his best shooting year. So hopefully you fall somewhere in the middle, but depending on where you fall, why is it that Kevin Herter has to be a starter? I think he's a starter on this team, but moving forward, I don't know if Kevin Herter is a starting shooting guard on a championship team. Unless he's just going to literally always do what he did last season, which a lot of a lot of times when you get your career high, you don't go back, right? We don't know where Kevin Herter's
0: ceiling is, and I fear that we may have seen it last season. The word championship contention was brought up a lot, not by us, not by Sacramento Kings fans, although that, of course, is the ultimate goal, mm-hmm. but by Mike Brown, by De'Aaron Fox. And I'm okay with guys saying that obviously because if you're not going for a championship what are you even playing for in the first place and I firmly did believe that that Mike Brown wanted to build towards that and his goal is to build towards that and that's been his goal this entire season that being said reality sets in well before this time of the year like we know this Kings team isn't contending we Uh that's just where they're at right now they hopefully want to get there and they can use still this time to get there but they're not contending right now so, what in your mind is the main goal for Sacramento for the rest of this season and hopefully into the postseason?
1: Yeah, well, to be honest with you, Matt, I think that the Kings could go on a run if they learned how to shoot free throws. And unfortunately, I don't know if that's going to be the case. I think they could get hot. They're, you know, what, 18th in defensive efficiency, 13th in offensive efficiency. So, Stranger things have happened, but to me, you can't be one of the worst free throw shooting teams in the league and get it done. So to that point, they probably will not be having a parade in Sacramento, at least not this season. So I think moving forward, you decide if you want to focus on how you're going to get to the playoffs and getting to the playoffs, getting in the playoffs, what happens in the playoffs, and then after that, as far as getting to the playoffs, You have to decide if this is still a training season. Do you want Keegan to just focus on shooting threes? And if the defensive efficiency drops a little bit, so be it. I don't feel confident in Kevin Herter or Harrison Barnes to pick up that offensive slack. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'd like to see Keegan just get going a little bit. I I know that I've talked a lot about Keegan, but I just think he's really important to this team. As far as everybody else, you kind of know what you have. You hope that De'Aaron Fox stays hot and gets back hot and stays healthy with that shoulder that's not a shoulder but he's always touching the shoulder and Sabonis has just been a dog so I'm not really worried about Sabonis and his triple doubles so getting to the playoffs you kind of have what you have you didn't make a move at the deadline fine it is what it is moving forward assuming they go out in the first or second round which I do think might make a big difference if they go out in the first round or dare or or dare I say in the play-in I think you have to start looking at everybody right and I don't know and I've said this before, I don't know if you can just Sharpie in maybe pencil, but Sharpie in De'Aaron Fox as a legitimate one A on a on a championship contending team. I have more confidence. If somebody asked me right now, some one of my buddies from the Bay or wherever it is, who's the one A on the Kings, I'd say Sabonis. Mm-hmm. I I would say Domas. I would say DeMonte Sabonis is the the one A guy right now. And What that means is if you're your big three going into next season, you have Sabonis who you know you can count on. And that's a lot of miles, by the way. Real quick here, everybody that was talking about the – and I know these guys are banged up. Coach Mike Brown talked about it before the All-Star break. But that injury luck thing, they've been pretty lucky again this season, but it hasn't really mattered because they've just played inconsistently. So you have – you have Domas, who's played basically the whole season. De'Aaron has missed a little bit. How healthy it is, I don't, I don't know, but he's been playing. So moving forward, okay, you're looking at a big three of Sabonis, De'Aaron, and you're hoping whatever Keegan is. And my, in my opinion, you look at Keegan as the guy. What type of leap do you really think he's going to make moving into next season? I know everybody wants to lock up Malik. I want to lock up Malik, too, but I've the more I've seen Malik and seen Malik in, in these, I guess, heavier minutes and heavier loads of minutes, the more I think, you know, Malik could start, but I'm not really sure you want him to start on a championship contending team. You don't want him to have to do too much. I like Malik in spurts, and I think he would be best served as that sixth man. The difference is, could he start for this roster? Yes. I don't think this roster is winning a championship. So mm-hmm. you can start him right now. And I don't know how that works. I told a story, Matt, about back in the day, many moons ago, when I was playing college baseball and how I got moved to left field, not because somebody beat me out, but the coach said, hey, at the next level, you're going to be a left fielder. And at mm-hmm. the next level, I was a left fielder. Now, he could have let me play center or he could have said, hey, you know, I think you're going to – maybe I'm wrong, but I just want to make sure that you feel comfortable. So if you move Malik to the starting lineup, th- and then they lose in the first round, second round, whatever. Now you, quote, unquote, get better and you pay Malik and you have him move back to the bench. I just don't know how that is. I, I don't mm-hmm. know how awkward that could be because they are going to be teams that are going to tell Malik, you can start for us. Those teams might not be better than the Kings – but he's going to get a bag and an opportunity to play so i think you need to figure out do you truly have a big three because all the other teams in the west have some version of a big two of a very elite big two or a big three do you think you have a big three and what you want to do with malik as far as kevin herter and harrison barnes you just leave them out there and and see if somebody bites. as far as making another move because You can get a little bit younger with with Harrison and Kevin Herter. I just, I don't know how much he brings to the table compared to just other players in the league and specifically in the Western Conference.
0: This episode of the Locked on Kings podcast is also brought to you by Nissan. Are you the kind of driver that likes to push things a little further? Ever wonder what adventures could be around the next corner? Our friends at Nissan have a lineup of SUVs with the capabilities to take your adventure to the next level, like the 2024 Nissan. Son Rogue. It's perfect for city drives and for great escapes. Class exclusive Google built into your system. It's always updating uh, your assistant to call on for almost anything. You don't have to connect your phone anymore. Those days are gone. Google Assistant, Google Maps, Google Play Store, all built right into the twenty or rather the twelve point three inch HD touchscreen infotainment system built into the car. The 2024 Rogue is the perfect midsize crossover for your next adventure. Plus they have an incredible lineup, which includes the 2024 Nissan Armada. It'll change what you expect from a full size SUV picture, a rugged four by four that can seat up to eight in first class luxury and style. If you've got a family, this is the vehicle for you. Tow bigger and explore further in the 2024 Armada. Take the Nissan Rogue, Nissan Armada, or Nissan Pathfinder and go find your next big adventure. Shop NissanUSA.com. I feel like the reason why you and, and, and a lot of others think that Sabonis is and has been more of the 1A on this Kings team compared to De'Aaron Fox is the consistency, Uh especially with the eye test. You watch, and Sabonis brings it every single night, and we've not been able to say that about De'Aaron Fox, which, yes, is concerning to some extent, but even the biggest Sabonis supporter in the world, and that's me here raising my hand almost to an obnoxious (laughs) level on social media, as you've seen, Alan, (laughs) can recognize that the Sacramento Kings becoming contenders means that the best version of this Kings team is De'Aaron Fox as the 1A. Like And and we saw that to some extent with the playoffs. We saw that earlier on in this season. And I think that's what's also kind of frustrating and confusing about this team is how much can we rely on the team to make the jumps and make the steps necessary to to consistently put themselves in a contender uh, conversation or -hmm. or, or, or like a label if we are talking about and saying the same things and talking about inconsistencies with your star player in De'Aaron. Now, in my opinion, assuming he stays healthy, knock on wood, like if the Kings get back to the postseason, I think that De'Aaron's going to shine again because when the right. stage matters, when the the light is bright, like De'Aaron shows up and he plays hard. Yes. We've seen that time and time and time again. What's confusing and frustrating and maybe concerning, depending upon how you look at it, is how De'Aaron has played through early to mid-January and sprinkling a little bit into February. How he's played right. in these dog digs or days of the season, or how he's played in the matchups against teams that he doesn't necessarily feel like he has to get up for the Pistons, for example, the Charlotte Hornets who the Kings have lost to Mm -hmm. it's, it's De'Aaron being the superstar all the time versus the superstar sometimes. And then just a really, really, really good basketball player. The rest of the time, the really, really good basketball player. De'Aaron Fox is great for a contract. It's not good for winning championships. Mm -hmm. So that superstar De'Aaron Fox is what the Kings need to draw out or bring out. And I think it's fair to question If De'Aaron is that guy, like if he's capable of giving it his all all the time to get to that point, I don't question it in the playoffs, but I do question it to get the Kings in a good position to make a championship run at this point. I think that's why there's questions between Fox and Sabonis. I still think Fox needs to be the guy for the Kings to be Mm -hmm. at their best, but Sabonis is bringing it. And sometimes Fox isn't. And I wonder if that's concerning.
1: No, I think you make a great point because we've seen what this version of De'Aaron gets the Kings in a, in a, in a West that's not really getting any older and is just getting more experienced and more talented. That's going to leave you between the four seed and the eight seed. And mm-hmm. I know the heat got all the way, what was it, you know, last season, but ultimately couldn't get it done and going through the plan and things like that. It's just not a good recipe for success. And De'Aaron, if you you can't just turn it, you can turn it on the playoffs, but it's not going to be enough. Mm-hmm. And then Kings fans are going to say, well, you know, they were a six seed. They made noise. They got to the second round, whatever it was. But eventually people are going to get tired of that because to me, now you're moving the conversation from, okay, now, now people like me and you on social media battling about De'Aaron over Shea Gildress and De'Aaron over these other point guards. Now it starts to be a conversation of, all right, De'Aaron is more like a Jamal Murray, right? More mm-hmm. like a guy who is really good in the regular season. He's been healthier than Jamal Murray, of course. Really good in the regular season, and then can turn it on the playoffs. Which, or, or I mean, and I know this guy. You'd love to have this guy on your team. Almost a a, a lesser version of a Jimmy Butler, who Jimmy Butler isn't really good. Now you'd love that, but. Jimmy has had a lot of success, but hasn't won a championship either, right? And and I don't think that Dearon is even that level of Jimmy. It's just those guys who, all right, we're not really gonna bring it every single day, but we're gonna bring it in the playoffs. And, you know, Butler is one of a kind. And you have Jamal Murray who's playing with arguably the best player in the game in Jokic. So those guys can get away with it. Dearin, that's just gonna get you early-ish exits in the playoffs if mm. if you can't take that next step. That's why you know next season it's almost like this season and we kind we're kind of coming full circle here. It's almost like this season is setting was was all about setting up next season. Mm. Because I don't think anybody expected them. I think a lot of people expected them. When I, when we take calls and texts, everybody says just get to the second round, right? Just get to the second round. If you don't get to the second round, you could be looked at as a step back but you know you look at some of these other teams Matt it doesn't necessarily happen in order there are teams that lose in the second round lose in the first round then win a championship there are teams that get to the western conference finals lose then next season lose in the first round so just mm. because they don't get to the second round this season that doesn't mean that next season they can't make another make another leap but yeah i, I don't know what they're going to do as far as moves but If you do go out in the second round or in the first round, I can't see you just running it back. I I think that the whole 16-year drought, that was this season, and everyone's going to give the Kings a mulligan and and just be happy to be in the playoffs again. Next season is not going to be like that.
0: Well, going back to the kind of the main goal question that I had, this is where my expectations have kind of adjusted a little bit too. Because coming into this season, I, I was thinking very linear. It's like you were a first mm-hmm. round knockout. Okay, make it to the second round. That That is the goal. That constitutes yes. success to me. Now looking at where the West is, where the Sacramento Kings are, I think, I mean, at the end of the all-star break last season, the Kings came out of the all-star break last year red hot, the hottest mm-hmm. team in basketball, and that helped them secure the third seat. That's great. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have to come out in that opinion red hot in order to secure an actual playoff spot. Like I, I right. just think they're going that's how tough the West is going to be. And there's other teams in the play-in picture right now that are behind the Kings that right. are interested in being play-in teams. They're yeah. also going for it. So the Kings are battling to move up while also pushing people behind them back down. So right. there's not really the Kings have, have burned their their Bad loss cards, many, way too many times. At Multiple this point. Like it's, times. It's done. It's like yeah. you cannot have the San Antonio Spurs coming up here at home. You cannot lose that game, uh-uh. right? Like their 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 get out of jail free cards are done. But I think my expectations have adjusted now to where my goal, alan is. If this Kings team plays hard, plays well through the second half of the season and secures a top six seed, let's say it's six or five. It's not even a home court advantage. I don't care, but they go right into the playoffs. Uh Then they get into the first round and they lose in the first round. I don't think I can call that a failure. I think I'm just basing that off of the circumstances right now. I'm saying, okay, I think they accomplished the goal, which is ultimately taking this now playoff race. And coming out of it on the right side of things. I feel good about that. Then you get the context of the postseason and even the context of this race, and you make decisions this offseason. That to me is the goal. But my question is Is that lowering the bar too much for where we thought this team could go coming into this year?
1: No, I don't think so. Because I think when we look back on this Western Conference, it might be one of the most loaded Western Conferences in the history of the NBA. I mean, you saw that. You saw that. Video yesterday, that picture yesterday with the Western Conference All Stars. I mean, that is insane. Mm-hmm. It was insane, and that's not even including somebody who's seventh in the MVP ladder. Actually, he's tied for six right now. Demontis Sabonis. Don't get me started on that. And De'Aaron <laughs> Fox, who you know, he had a guy in 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 Devin Booker kind of come to him you know as far as being a Kentucky guy and say hey we're missing we're missing De'Aaron Fox too the West is completely loaded so I think that in that regard if you do see that growth out of Keegan and you see De'Aaron Fox legitimately finish that three point that three point stretch that he's on uh and, and raise it as much as he has you can't call that a failure not not in this West mm-hmm. if the West was the same as last season sure Right, But I will say this, that's why going into next season, you have all these teams that we just talked about who aren't going anywhere, and then you have the Lakers who are going to retool. You have the Warriors that are going to retool. You have the Grizzlies who are really positioning themselves to try to do what the Warriors did. They messed up because they took James James Wiseman and Kaminga and all those guys, but they're... They're maneuvering to try to get a top pick here, the Grizzlies. The Grizzlies are going to be back, right? This is not going to get any easier. So we can say that it's not a failure, and we can call it in some ways a success, but that does not mean you can stand pat during this summer. And I know it's tough for for Sacramento to get – free agents and things like that but the west is only going to get harder i don't know about the 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 blazers but yeah there's going to be another year of when he's just going to only get better right Mm -hmm. so the days off are and you know okay you're looking forward to playing the blazers and the jazz and the jazz are actually messing around right now for a play and so there's not bad either Portland's not bad either. They got good young talent. The Kings have already lost to Portland, right? So (laughs) you really can't count anybody out. So even though I agree with you, we can say that it wasn't a failure, doesn't really change how you should view the Kings going into the offseason because it's less about the Kings and more about the rest of the West.
0: And that's what leads into the last question that I wanted to ask you. Rightfully so, we're asking questions about everybody and everything. Mm -hmm. We're looking at Fox. We're looking at Sabona's Herter, Keegan, Mike Brown, even to some extent. A lot of questions this offseason I think are going to be asked and answered about Monty McNair. Now, Monty absolutely earned that second contract. He's the best general manager by far the Kings have had since Jeff Petrie. It's not close. Like He's absolutely earned the right to be here and to get here, and that doesn't take away anything that he did. He took a risk on the Tyrese Halliburton trade. Even if people see what Tyrese is doing and, and feel bad about it, it was the right move for him. It earned him a second contract. It got this Kings team back to the playoffs. He has earned everything to this point. That being said, Last two trade deadlines, nothing. This uh-huh. last offseason, nothing. You decide to run it back and roll with it. You've laid it out perfectly. This offseason, you're going to get the context of hopefully another postseason and the rest of this season to, to find out what you need and what you don't need. Nobody feels bad for you if you don't get another trade partner. Nobody feels bad for you if you can't attract free agents. It doesn't okay. matter. That's the market you signed up for. That's the team that you're you're in charge of. It's reality. Like The Kings don't have it as easy as the Lakers. We all know this but Mm -hmm. you still have to be able to attract talent, build talent, and build a championship team, or what the hell are we doing here? So I feel like this summer, and I feel like I go into every offseason saying this is a massive offseason for the Kings, because in so many ways it is, but I feel like this summer is going to be a, we're going to find out, just like finding out if De'Aaron is a great, or, or, I mean, a, is a good or great player. Uh-huh. We're going to find out if Monty is a good general manager or a great general manager, and it's all going to rely on the the couple of months as soon as the King season ends.
1: Yeah, I think that there are a couple ways to create a, a true contender, right? And right now... Maybe De'Aaron isn't to the level of a Luka or a, or a Shea, guys like that. Depends on, depending on who he asked. We had a Grizzlies guy on. He said he would take De'Aaron over Ja Morant. And he was from Memphis, right? So I think you can, you have your two. I don't, I just don't know that you can trust Keegan. It's less about Keegan. And again, it's more about the West, the right? A third, a third year guy, that's going to be your number three option. And if it's not him, it's going to be, you're going to start Malik Monk I just and Malik has played really well don't get me wrong but I think Monty McNair depending on how this thing ends is going to have to make some tough decisions because you can find yourself in that Zebo grind grindhouse purgatory where Mm -hmm. you're going to the playoffs every season but but nobody is really scared of you and I think that might be even worse right Mm -hmm. so we we've seen those teams like that and I don't think that the Kings want to be there. I think that the Kings fans want to take advantage of this, and you can't look at what Sabonis is doing and just think, "Yeah, you know, second round here, first round there," and everybody has got to be, you know, got to have some culpability and and got to be held accountable, including Mike Brown. You know, I, I Mike Brown, he he says a lot of, "Oh well, we're you know we're, we're implementing things, and and the guys got to do it." during the trade during the trade or before the trade deadline I didn't know if those were shots at Monty McNair hey man I'm trying to make a meal here and what's in the fridge mm-hmm. it is what it is I can't make a five course meal with you know some 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 ingredients that aren't five star. so mm-hmm. I, I think that I don't think they were shots but It felt like, is he talking to the team or is he talking to Monty McNair? Depending on how this thing ends, I think if they truly believe in Mike Brown and his philosophy, he's probably going to sit there and say, guys, what do you want me to do here? You know, we're implementing game plans and they're just not doing
0: it. I think sometimes actions speak a lot louder than words, too. And Mike Brown's actions, I think, have been a message to Monty McNair in the Kings front office many, many times, especially mm-hmm. with the pull the rabbit out of the hat decisions with this rotation. I know you've seen this, Alan, but guys that will all of a sudden be playing that haven't yeah. been playing or guys that aren't playing, even though they were playing earlier in the season. I think mm-hmm. that's Mike going, I'm throwing everything at the wall and seeing what sticks because this yeah. is the roster that I have. Fix it. So right. And I wonder if Monty's hearing that. I mean, Monty was known as the guy in Houston that bridged the gap between Daryl Morey and the the Rockets coaching staff. He was known Mm -hmm. as that guy that connected the two. Mm -hmm. I hope he has a good connection with his coaching staff right now because they're probably in his office telling him exactly what they need and what they're lacking. And I think all of us as fans can see it, too. We don't have to be in those meetings. We can look at this team and go, yeah, maybe they don't need this guy, but they probably need something like this. I think it's pretty clear.
1: Yeah, even even going back a couple months here my guy from Oakland from the town the JTA sighting mm-hmm. you know I mean that was that was clearly There's nobody on this roster that's giving us this. And that's why I thought, you know, people keep joking with me about the Marcus Morris thing. I thought that it could have been a good fit. You know, I don't think he was going to change everything, but I thought that it could have been a good fit, just that, you know, that spark plug. But yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. I think everybody, you know, you do the blame pie or the success pie, whatever it is. I think everybody's going to have to look in the mirror when the season is over. Maybe they get hot. It's possible. I I think the one thing that would be scary is technically if they did go to the second round would that allow money to then say hey we're continuing to do better i don't have to make a big move right i think that would be a problem but would he have any protection there because they went to the second round
0: well alan before i let you go styles and watkins uh, tend to 2 every single day what's going on over there what can people expect and add it to their i mean they're already they're already such a a, a big rotation of Kings talk and sports talk, period. But Styles yeah. and Watkins has to be a part of that rotation. What's going on over there? That's right. That's right. Yeah. So yeah,
1: 10 a.m., 2 p.m. Niners are done, so we're hyper focused on the Kings as we always are. Anyway, yeah. Go ahead, come check us out. We're we're doing our thing. We're really working to get more Kings uh king's personnel on the show towards the end of the season so be sure to check us out we're also working on something that we might do a little later in the evenings when the kings don't play so be on the lookout for that and uh yeah check us out sacktown sports anywhere you get your podcasts also on the radio tune in if you're in a tesla and you don't have am (laughs) check out the tune in app you can hear us there as well
0: well, uh, and selfishly, I will steal Allen and I will steal uh, Chris every opportunity yes. I can to bring him on Locked On Kings for no pay. <laughs> that's, that's right. What, that's, that's that's right. For you, here.
1: it doesn't matter. This is pay enough just being able to talk Kings with you.
0: You got right. I appreciate that, my man. Thank you so much for coming on. We'll do it again. I'm sure as this race heats up, we'll, we'll get back together hopefully right before uh, we're, we're looking at at that point, hopefully we can start looking at playoff matchups too. It'll be fun to start picking and choosing which teams you want to face in the first round, mm-hmm. but you don't want to. We were doing that earlier in the season can't really can't really do that right now so (laughs) sounds good man thanks for having me